Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. At this time, we're going to have Pastor Rowe come up and share the beginning part of our message about what we're thankful for. Well, good morning. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. No? Okay. Oh, I was a little nervous there. I thought I was by myself. Uh, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord. In the midst of everything going on around us, we still have the opportunity to come into the house of the Lord and worship him. If you look all around us, you see churches being shut down all around us, but we just keep hoping and praying that the Lord will continue to protect us and keep us safe in the midst of everything that's going on. Because through it all, God is still in control. He is still in the midst and he is still at work. So let us not forget that as we go through these scary moments of life. So when Pastor asked me to speak this morning, he gave me a five-minute window. So if I talk a little fast, I'm sorry. Uh, But he gave me a five-minute window to speak this morning. (laughs) Justin's hitting the timer. Uh, To speak on what I'm thankful for as part of my ministry And for those that don't know, I'm the youth pastor here uh, with Elevate Student Ministries. And uh, to say that I'm thankful for them is a big thank you. Um, I'm very, very thankful for them. I'm very, very blessed by them, as well as you as the church body. Uh, The youth ministry could not go on without the support, the prayers, and the encouragement from you as a church family. So we have so much to be thankful for today. If you were to sit here and to think, well, what do I have to be thankful for? Sometimes we have to seek and search. Sometimes it pops up right in front of us. Sometimes we have to really sit down and think about throughout our day. Well, this was a a wild day. Well, what do I have to be thankful for here? There's always something to be thankful for in the midst of our wild days. In the midst of everything going on around us, we have something to be thankful for. The one thing that I'm very thankful for, besides the family, the friends, and the church family here, is my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I don't know how people are living in today's world without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if we don't have Jesus Christ, we have nothing. But in and with Jesus Christ, we have everything and all that we need. It is such an honor and it's such a privilege to be the youth pastor here at Hope Assembly. I'm beyond thankful and very blessed to be a part of each and every one of the Elevate students and their families' lives. I saw this quote yesterday scrolling through my Instagram, and it said, Ministry is not a job or a Sunday routine, but it is a privilege to be chosen and used by God. See, some people think that pastors, oh, they only preach on Sunday morning and that's it. But what do they do the other six days? Well, the other six days were called and were used to be the light into the darkness. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. In this passage, Paul was urging the Corinthians to be an imitator of him as he was of Christ. You see, it excites me when when the youth come to, to Sunday school and they come to youth group And they want to know more. They want to learn more. They're excited to have have questions about, 
oh, well, what about this? And pastor, well, what about this? And that's exciting because they have the want to to know. It excites me to see when the youth begin to imitate who God really is. In today's world, our youth are so easily influenced by the negative, the media, the music, the billboards, the magazines, their school peers. They're so easily influenced to go the wrong way. But we, as a church body, and we as leaders can influence our students and show them the right path they need so that they can imitate who we are to be a representation of Christ. See, it's a calling that God has given me to teach the youth of how much Jesus loves them and what he expects from us in our everyday lives. Being thankful for our youth today is an opportunity and it's a blessing. Sometimes in our world today, we get so lost and focused on all the bad things that they've done and all the negative things that they've done and, oh, well, you should have listened to your mom at that point. But God doesn't call us to do that. God doesn't call us to push them aside when they've messed up. God doesn't call us to push them aside when they've fallen. But can I say to you this morning that the youth of today are rising up to be the next leaders of our churches. The youth of today are rising up to be the next leaders of our next generations. If we look at James chapter 1, verses 22, it says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. It's time that we take the time to make the investment in them. Show them the love of Christ and what it means to live a life for Jesus Christ wholeheartedly. We can't just be hearers, but we also have to be doers. It is a joy and an honor to walk through life guiding the youth in the next steps of their generation, of their journey. I am beyond very thankful that when they come to Sunday school and when they come to the youth group again, They want to know more. They're diving in. We may not always understand what they're going through. We may not always understand their situations and circumstances, but God does. And if we bring these situations and these these, uh, problems through to him and ask God, God, we need your guiding. God, we need your leading. We need your help. We need your direction. We will begin to see the power of the name of Jesus be at work. I'm very thankful for the youth because it's important not only to build relationships with them, but it's more important to build that relationship with Jesus Christ. The Elevate students never cease to amaze me with their stories, their dramas, their comedy, and their jokes. But I will tell you this, they will definitely keep you on your toes. (laughs) God has blessed me with a tremendous, amazing youth ministry as well as a leadership team that I love dearly because he has created me to teach lead, train, love, and empower our next generation. The youth are the ones that we should all be thankful for as well. First Timothy 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, it says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way that you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures of the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. I challenge you today to take the time and sit and think about why we are thankful for the youth of today. Just because our youth are young doesn't mean that they aren't called by God. God doesn't exclude people from his flock because of their age or their level of maturity. God has a special plan and purpose for each and every one of them. 
but it's going to take the leading, guidance, and prayer to keep them focused on what God has planned for their lives. Please join me and be thankful for the youth because one day we're going to need them. And one day they're going to rise up and become mighty warriors for the kingdom of God. I just want to take a minute and pray for our youth today. Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for this opportunity to just be in your house this morning and be together. Lord, we lift up the youth of today to you, Father God. We ask, God, that you would begin to speak to them, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin to move in them, Father God, as they sit in the service, God, or they are sitting at home, Father. I pray that you would speak to them in a mighty way, God. God, I pray that, that we as leaders, God, would be the right imitation of you, Father God, so they will see that, God, and that it would, it would overflow from us to them, God, and that they would be able to imitate you for who you are, God. God, we ask for your power, we ask for your strength, and we ask for your love today. God, to be with each and every one of them, Father God, in the tough times that we are facing. God, let us not turn our eyes off of you. But God, we pray, God, that we would just stay focused in you, God, with your power and your strength and your love. God, be with us in the rest of the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Pastor Rick, and I have the pleasure of being the infrastructure pastor. We're talking about facilities. We're talking about visitation. I have the pleasure this morning to talk about grandparents. This is my favorite topic. I'm also very thankful for Sister Honey, who our grandkids call Ama. Our grandkids call me Appa. One of the greatest privileges that we as grandparents have is the power of bended knees. Pastor Roe was talking about the next generation. I am, many of you here, are grandparents of the next generation. We have an absolute phenomenal privilege before the throne of God to go on bended knees, lift up holy hands, and ask God to bless the next generation. As we prayed for our children, so we are praying for our grandchildren. This is the burden. This is the pleasure of my heart. There are a couple of things I want to share with you before I get into this a little more. There's some quotes about grandparents. Grandmoms are moms with frosting in their hair. And this is a true statement, the next one. When grandparents enter the door, discipline goes out the window. It's an awesome thing to be a grandparent because you can undo in minutes what parents have spent days and weeks and years instilling in their kids. The grandkids will come up to you and ask you a question. Hey, Appa, Amma, can we do this? Our answer is yes, it's my favorite word. You know that. I said no too much as a parent. That's why I'm glad God gave me a second chance to say yes. It's a little longer word, one extra letter, but I'm, I'm sharing with you. It's a powerful word. It does so much more than no because you can change the course even with the yes. Yes and a touch up on the head, just a little wrap around the shoulder is a wonderful thing. My grandparents believe that I'm the oldest thing on the earth. Ava couldn't believe that I was 67. She said, Appa, you are old. After spending two hours with her, I'm believing her that I am definitely too old. You see, our house is called the house of yes. There is an exception to this rule. Amma, Sister Honey, my loving wife, loves to bake. She's a phenomenal baker. It's a well-kept secret. But Amma does 
these cookies and muffins. And I come home, and this aroma just wraps itself around my nostrils. My eyes go shut. My hands just go right towards those wonderful morsels. And here is Amma. She says, no, you can't have that. You can't touch that. Before, she has asked me to taste everything that she's ever made. She said, hey, try this. I think you'll like it. So I'm just thinking that I'm okay in trying those cookies and those muffins. Amma says, no, here's the reason. Those cookies and muffins are for the kiddos. That's it. But you see, being a grandparent is the touch of God upon our soul. It is the light of our lives. And Jeannie and I have the pleasure of having seven grandchildren. Our son, John, his wife, Kelly, live in Mount Pleasant. And they are in ministry, and they have two girls and a boy. And this year we were going to get together, but we had some changes to make. We all had changes to make. But even in the midst of a pandemic, we are still grandparents. We can still, and I, I'm technology challenged. I, pastor talked to me the other day. He said, hey, man, you've got to answer your phone every now and then. You know, I, I, I turn it off at night because I don't want to get a phone call. Have you gotten these phone calls? They're apologizing on behalf of my utility company. I don't know what they did wrong other than charge me at all for my utilities. But here they are calling me at 1 o'clock in the morning apologizing. It's, it's a sad thing, so I shut my phone off. But being 67, I sometimes forget. Turn it back on. But one of the ministries that came out of this is we're doing a podcast, we're doing some sharing, Facebook Live, and, and, and I'm hoping that you enjoy the messages. I'm, I'm hoping that they're encouraging to your heart. Our daughter Jerrica, her husband Hector, they live in Vineland. Thank God for grandkids, children that live closer. I couldn't imagine what it would be like being a grandparent and not at least having one child living closer to you. But our oldest grandson is going to turn 20. He's our oldest it's little Hector. His nickname is Pookie. I'm having such a hard time calling him Hector. It's so easy to call him the Pookster. I hope that I get to do that for many more years. But he called me yesterday and said, hey, Appa, I have this question. I want to pursue something, and I just want your input. Can I tell you that's a wonderful thing? Here is a child from the next generation reaching into my generation and asking for counsel. That's an awesome thing. Our youngest is Ava, she's five, her, the next oldest is seven, and yeah, that's been a little while ago, but I had to correct Cohen, because Cohen gets on this vein, he just chases butterflies, he just gets this idea, and our street sometimes is busy, and I, we just had a truck race by then, and I said, Cohen, you can't do that, because I was scared, and Ava came after me, she stood in front of me, her cute little hands on her hip, she said, Appa, you just hurt my bestest friend. Well, I just melted. It was never, I told her, I went on my knees, I looked her in the eye, I said, Ava, it's not my intent to hurt your bestest friend, but I was scared for him. You see, grandparents might be old, technology might be more than we can handle today, but here in the family dynamic, we have a job. Can I turn your attention to Psalm 78, verses 3 and 4? Here are the verses. 
What we have heard and know, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. That's us. That's our job. And we will tell the next generation. Isn't that what happened to a lady named Lois? She passed it on to her daughter, Eunice, who had a little son called Timmy, little Timmy. But little Timmy grew up in the church. He became a leader in the church. He became a pastor of a, of a great congregation. He also had to face many challenges. And Paul writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And he gives this instruction. I have been reminded of your sincere faith. Oh, take this to heart, grandparents. That's us. It first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and then it passed on to your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded it now is alive in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. The story is told of four scholars who were arguing about the value of different translations of the Bible. And one said that he preferred the King James because it's the beauty of the eloquent language, the old English. Another said that he preferred the American Standard Bible for its literacism. Literalism. The other thing that happens as you get older, my jaw is beginning to set differently. The way that he says, the way that it moves the reader from passage to passage and a feeling of the correct translation. The third scholar looked and said, I love the Moffat translation. It is quaint, penetrating use of words and turn of a phrase that captures the attention of the reader. After moments of contemplation, the fourth scholar said, I love my mother's translation. When the other scholars heard this, they chuckled a little bit and said, what do you mean? He said, I love the way she translated it. She translated each passage of the Bible into life. It is the most convincing translation I have ever read. What we say and what we do, let it be consistent. Our grandkids are watching. They will not forget, and they will ask, God bless grandchildren for having the courage to engage another generation and to ask questions. Why are you doing this? Why is this important and not this? Oh, yes, I love let me speak for Sister Honey as well. We love being grandparents. Today, our grandkids, half of them are coming over. We spent all day yesterday getting the house ready. In 10 minutes of the grandkids being there, we need to spend another three days cleaning up. But I will not trade in the next 30, 40 minutes of them being with us. It is indeed a privilege. Let me, let's pray together for our grandparents. Father, one of the gifts to the church is the gift of grandparents, is the gift of children, is the gift of grandchildren. And you've given that privilege to us that we might remember the calling that you have placed upon them. So we pray for our grandchildren, God, that you would bless them, you would strengthen them, that every moment of their waking days, their sleeping days, oh God, that your spirit would be alive in them, knowing full well that you have prepared them for such a time as this. And some will be leaders in the church, some will be leaders in the community, some will be supporters of the church and the community. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for letting us be grandparents. We ask your blessings upon every grandparent here 
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I can't wait to be a grandparent. Just saying. I think I'm going to be a good one. I think I'm going to be good at everything, but especially being a grandparent, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I love to uh, wrestle with my boys and, and to do some crazy stuff with them. So I can't wait to do it with my grandkids. My wife keeps saying, we got time. We got time. We're not there yet. I'm like, man, get me there. I like little things to play with, to wrestle with. Now they're big. My kids are big now. It's not as fun to wrestle with them anymore because I hurt when I'm done wrestling with them now. I used to like when I could just pick them up with one arm and put them down. Now it doesn't work like that. Now I'm the one on the back. My wife always says, I, I know you guys are done wrestling when, when daddy says, ow. <laughs> She's like, why is it that you always come up hurt when you guys are done wrestling? So, um, Well, I'm Pastor Joe, and I'm the family life pastor here at Hope Assembly. And uh, pastor asked us to each come share about what we're thankful for and just and, and, and how that relates to our area of ministry as well. And so I have three things that I just kind of want to touch on that I'm thankful for here this morning. Um, and they all kind of relate to one another. And, and bear with me in the beginning because I get uh, to talking about my family a little bit. And uh, nobody wants to hear that. Somebody bragging on their family, but just bear with me. It, 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 it comes into play here. So um, I am thankful for my family. I am thankful for my family. Other than salvation, my wife and, and my two boys are the greatest gift that God has ever given me. Uh, I, I really am blessed by them. My wife is an amazing blessing from God to me. She, um, she puts up with me. She supports me. Um, she's a great mother to my children. She, she puts up with me. Um, she, she honors the Lord, she helps me in my ministry, and she puts up with me. And so she, she just does so much because there's a lot of putting up with me, by the way. There's a lot, uh, you know, as anybody who knows me would, would find out, but um, there's a lot to put up with. But she does, she's an amazing, an amazing wife, and, and I'm so blessed to have her. And she truly is a, a Proverbs 31 wife who just wants to, to honor the Lord and, and do all she can for her family. Um, but my sons are also incredible. Uh, both of them have great hearts. They honor their parents, they care for others, and they love the Lord. You can't ask for any more in your children. I mean, they're, they're great. Now, I, I, I want to make sure that I touch on this before I move into the next part, but it doesn't mean that we're perfect. You know, when I say that, that I love my wife and that she's an amazing wife to me and that my kids are incredible and I love them, it, it doesn't mean that we never have our issues. It doesn't mean that we never have problems. Um, we struggle. We have our struggles. Uh, we make mistakes. And, and even from time to time, we do, we do uh, have uh, disagreements every so often. Right? We're not a perfect people, but I do feel like God has, is, is raising us up to be a perfect family, where we, where we love one another and, and, and we're together. And, uh, and I'm just so grateful for that. I'm just so grateful that the Lord has really been with us and, 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 and guided our family. Um, but that brings me to my second part here, is I am thankful 
that God has made our family possible. God is the one who's really made it so our Bible is the way it is. When the Bible talks about, uh, you know, you, you can have uh, a wedding, right? And you have the pastor up here, and then you'll have the bride. She comes down, and the groom's usually up here looking all nervous and sweating and all that stuff. And then as soon as they open the doors, right? As soon as they open the doors and, and the bride comes in, and you can, you can see it at every wedding, right? The groom, he gets this huge smile on his face, right? I was actually doing one about a year ago, and, and I remember, and I, I just kind of looked over at the groom, when, when the bride was first seen, and I, you just see this big smile come on his face. You know, there's something so amazing. And then they come down the aisle, and it says that when those two people come together, they're coming together in the sight of the Lord, right? This wedding stuff, and, and, and you know, should we have, you know, all these different weddings and things like that? Hey, the, the whole idea of a wedding and a marriage is two people being united in front of the Lord. That's what a wedding is. I mean, we have, we have to sign legal things and all this other stuff for weddings now. And I think you used to have to do blood work and stuff, too. Didn't you? Didn't, wasn't there some weird thing you had to use to do blood work? And uh, you get marriage licenses and all this stuff. But none of that has anything to do with anything. It's two people coming together in the sight of the Lord and, and, and the Lord making them one flesh. So God brings those people together. And then on top of that, uh, in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 139.13, it says... For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So even our children have been intentionally brought to us by the Lord. God ha ha has, has made it possible. And I actually just look up, even through adoption, God can do incredible things through adoption and how he brings a family together. It, God moves in crazy ways and in, 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 in incredible ways. Uh, to bring families together, to bring people together. He does some wonderful things in, in how he unites our families and, and brings them together. But even more than just bringing us together, he helps to make our families better. God helps to make us more than what we could be on our own. Uh, I, for instance, God makes me a better husband and a better father. Every time I, I get into talking about this, uh, I always bring up and share, I said that my wife, at this point, I am sure she would have left me if the Lord had not gotten into my life. Because I was a headache. I was a knucklehead kid who didn't know anything. I didn't get saved until I was 22. And so I had all kinds of stupid in me that the Lord had to get out of me. And so, there, you know, thankfully he was able to do that. And thankfully my wife put up with me long enough for the Lord to be able to get that stuff out of me. And he's still at work trying to do that stuff even now, right? But it, it, it's so incredible that my uh, God has helped me. He has helped to form me into the, the man that I am. He took me from being just some, some grown boy, grown boy, older, you know, 22-year-old boy, and helped me to grow into a man of God that is able to come in and, and to be with my family and to help lead them in the way that they should go. And our kids would probably be spoiled brats at this point if me and my wife didn't have the Lord to turn to and ask how we should bring them up. You know, it's, it's, it's I, I, I got news for, for the young people here this morning, right? Your parents don't know, okay? They don't know, all right? So what we're doing is, 
not, not to say that you don't listen to your parents, but what I'm trying to say is they're still trying to figure it out, right? It's difficult to be a parent. It's not easy. You don't come with instructions, right? Kids don't come with it. You know, we have an instruction book, but other than that, uh, you know, you didn't come with a set of rules and guidelines. And so you're always trying to figure out what to do with your kids, right? You don't have it all planned out. You don't have it all. You have a general idea. You know what your parents did. You've seen other parents and how they handle their kids, but you're never really sure, right? And so you, you need somebody to kind of lead you. And the Lord does that. The Lord will come alongside and he'll guide you. I remember uh, just recently, my, old, my older son was asking me, he said, Dad, we were on a ride somewhere together, and he said, Dad, I noticed that uh, my younger son, Joshua, he said, I noticed that Joshua gets to do whatever the thing was that he was asking about. And he says, I noticed he gets to do this, but you never let us do, or me do that, Dad. Why, why is it that he gets to do that? And, uh, you know, I could have done the parent thing and come up with some reason or whatever, but I, kinda, I, I just, in the moment, I said, you know what? I'm going to just be straight with you, son. I said, parents, with the first one, they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out what the boundaries are. They're trying to figure out the rules. They're trying to figure out what's important to say, hey, you're not allowed to do this, or it's okay to do that. And so the first one usually always gets it a little harder than the one who comes after. Thank God I was the one who comes after, right? Because I wouldn't have done well with that, right? How many are seconds? Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, you know, it's always better to be the second kid because the first one gets it more difficult than you do. And so uh, I remember that, uh, there, you know, the, this particular thing, I said, we just, with you, we weren't sure, so we didn't let you do it. With him, we kind of realized, all right, maybe it's not the end of the world, and we let him get away with it. You know? So it's one of those things where, as a parent, you need help. You don't know which way to go all the time. Even if you're on your second one, it might be your third or fourth or fifth one before you get to the point of being comfortable with that decision in that time. And even when that happens, there's always things that just spring up out of nowhere that you're not sure what to do with. But the Lord is able to help you. He's able to guide you in those times. My wife and I have been able to turn to God and say, Lord, what should we do in this situation? And we've allowed the Lord to kind of guide us and to help shape the way we handle things. And some of that uh, comes back to us being humble and going back to our kids at times and saying, you know what? We messed up here. We messed up here. There's, I remember... I remember there was this one time my son did something and we like threw the book at him. We like, oh, you're this, you know, you're, you're grounded for the rest of your life or this or that or whatever, right? Uh, and and, and we, we just really hit him hard with, with the sanctions. And, and, and uh, you know, after calming down, you know, and getting together, we said, you know, is this really what we want to do? You know, is this really the thing that we're saying? And so it wound up a couple hours later, we go back and we say, hey, listen, you know, what you did was bad, but we're going to calm down and we're going to come down off of that a little bit. You're not granted the rest of your life, maybe just a couple of days, okay? <laughs> you know, so and we backed off of that and we said, hey, you know, we cleared, you know, thought about it a little more and we prayed about it and we realized that we were, we were being too harsh, too harsh. But the Lord is able to help us with those things. He helps us to be good parents. He helps us to be good husbands. He helps us to be a good wife. He, 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 he can come alongside of us and he guides us. The Lord makes our families possible. And so I'm so grateful for that. And then the final thing here is that I am so thankful 
for this church. I am so thankful for this church, a church where the leadership wants to help families to have that same blessed feeling that I have inside of my family. I would be wrong to, to think that everyone who's here this morning feels that their family is as big a blessing as I feel my family is. But I feel like we all should be able to get to that place. We should be able to find a place where we feel our family is a blessing from the Lord. We should be able to move in that direction. We should be able to, to see that and to have that happen in our lives. And the Lord can do that for us. This church cares about families. That is why they created the Family Life Ministry. Now, I know we've had a, a little bit of a difficult time this year getting it off the ground. Uh, for obvious reason, right? <laughs> you know, this has been a year like no other. And so it's been a little slow to get rolling, but I, I know that in the future, in the coming years, that this ministry is going to be a great blessing to the families of the church. And it's because the leadership of this church is invested. They care about the families in this church. They want to see parents being um, supported and learning to grow in their walk with the Lord. We know that a family that serves the Lord together has, and has a relationship with Jesus will be a blessed family. Your best bet for having the greatest family possible is to get in there with the Lord and let him guide you and lead your family. And that is what we want for all of you. Um, I'm grateful to the Lord for allowing me to be a part of this ministry. I love a good, strong, solid family. I am so blessed by my family, as I've just said. And I want that same blessing. I want other people to be able to feel that. I want them to be able to get to that place where they're saying, I feel blessed by the Lord for my family. And that's not always an easy place to get to for people. But I think that with the Lord's help and with the, the continued support of this church, that all of our families can be in that place where they can look and they can say, you know what? God has blessed us. He's provided for our family, and he's, guided, he's going to get us through all this. Um, it is my hope that every family would feel that they are blessed by God as much as me and my family feel that we are blessed by the Lord. And then finally, I just want to close with this one scripture. Uh, this is from Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Uh, when he's talking about a future location that would be chosen for the Israelites to worship the Lord, he says this, There in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your family shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. God wants to bless your family. God wants to bless your family. He wants to provide for you. He wants to lead you. He wants to give you direction. But you got to let him. You got to let him. Moses is saying, hey, the Lord's leading you guys into the promised land. And we're going to set up a place. And you are going to take your families and you're going to have to all go to this place. You're going to have to travel there. Wherever you are in the nation, you're going to have to go to this place. And you're going to have to there lift up your hands and worship and honor the Lord. And thank him for the great blessing. Not that you might get, not that uh, you could possibly receive the great blessing that God is going to give you. You're going to be thankful to the Lord. 
The Lord is going to provide for you and your families. And he's, we're going to establish a place for you to come to and with your families be able to rejoice in all that you've done because the Lord has blessed what you've done and he's provided for your family through it. This church, this church should be a place where we come to on a Sunday morning. We could come to and we could get around an altar when we're finally allowed to get around altars again. Or sit in our pews and just lift up our hands, sing praises to God, and worship Him and thank Him for the wonderful blessing that He has given us and our families. Amen. God is wanting to move in your family. If you let Him, you will be able to see it. If you start to look, you'll be able to notice the things that He does for you. Let Him into your heart, bring Him in, let Him reveal it to you. Tell the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come and just open up your eyes to see all the blessing that the Lord has given you. And as you do, you'll come here and you won't be able to wait to worship the Lord. You'll be dying for the song service to begin. I keep pointing at these guys, but the worship team's over here. You'll be dying for them to come and to lead us in worship so you can say, I just want to sing praise to my God because he has been so good for us. The Lord wants to do that for you and your family. We got to allow him to do that. Um, I'm going to close in just a, a quick word of prayer for, for our, the families of our church. Uh, but I also, there's a very important family in our church. Let's just continue to remember them this week. Let's continue to remember them this week and just ask that the Lord would uh, keep them safe and provided for. Uh, I don't want to say too much here, but um, uh, let's just ask that the Lord would take care of our church family here as well. Heavenly Father. Lord, we're so grateful for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for blessing us with the wonderful people who are inside of our lives. God, I pray that you would open the hearts of every person here this morning and help them to see the wonderful creation that you have brought together, the wonderful group that you have brought together. Help them to be blessed, Lord. Help them to see the blessing, Lord and help them to rejoice for it. God, help us to be the most thankful people that there are. On this week of Thanksgiving, Lord, we just ask that you would be with us today. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and help us to really be grateful for all that you've done for us. We love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for everything you do. Be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.